is the Totally Random Totally Random Sports Show. Here's your host, Sean Lincoln. Y'all ready for this? Welcome to episode 10 of the Totally Random Sports Show. I am Sean Lincoln, back again with you guys for another week. I lost to talk about again this week. The CFL is down to its last four competitors for the Grey Cup. We'll go over all the Eastern and Western semifinals. Also, records in the NFL and NBA being set this week. And a new segment of the good, bad, and the ugly of the NHL. All that on and more ahead on the Totally Random Sports Show. Got a lot to get to this week, and we'll start with that clip that was the end of the West semifinal in the CFL, and what an instant classic it was. This was uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders against the BC Lions, and as you heard, Saskatchewan beats BC 41-38 in double overtime, and overtime just hasn't been nice to BC this week, or this year, and Oh, what else is there to say about this game? It was just a terrific game. Uh, BC dominated the first half. Saskatchewan couldn't get anything going, especially Darian Durant just missed open receivers the whole first half, and this that offense especially just looked awful for Saskatchewan. But they got out of it, not down too many, and came back in the second half and really made a charge, including 11 minutes of possession in the third quarter, which was just unbelievable. Saskatchewan clubbed all the way back and eventually had the lead. BC got the ball back with a minute left, which eventually led to Travis Lule throwing up a 29-yard Hail Mary to Emmanuel Arsenault to send the game to overtime. It was a great catch, great throw. And BC's showing they really do have their quarterback of the future. Lule has been just terrific down the stretch. So the first overtime started. Both teams got their touchdown and converted the two-point conversions. Saskatchewan went first, and BC equaled them. Charles Lule had the five-yard rush for BC to tie it. So BC got the ball to start the second overtime period. Uh, they kicked a field goal and gave the ball to the Riders with the chance to win. And they drove the ball down the field and was capped by a touchdown to Jason Claremont. First touchdown in two years since leaving the BC Lions. They released him a couple years ago. And uh, it's his first touchdown since then. He is a, from Saskatchewan, so that just must feel great for him. Get his first touchdown for his home province and against his former team to send them on to the West Final. Speaking of the West Final, uh, Calgary is waiting for Saskatchewan now. That'll be next week. 
and uh, Henry Burris leads the Calgary Stampeders. He is a finalist for the most outstanding player in the league. This is going to be a great game. I really don't have much of a prediction. It's going to be tight, and it's going to be an offensive battle. I don't think Saskatchewan can only play for a half year. They have to come out and play the full game to be able to get this win. They have to just be scoring points all the way through and hope their defense comes up with stops, and Calgary's going to be hoping for the same thing. Moving over to the East semifinal, Toronto somehow cuts past Hamilton 16-13, and it's the way Toronto's been playing all year. You know, not, not a lot of offense, but somehow coming out with the win. They hadn't beaten Hamilton yet this year, but they sure saved it for the right time. Hamilton's quarterbacks are really the story of this game. Kevin Glenn left the game early, or really late in the first half in the last minute. Clinton Portis came in, didn't do too much. Glenn came back uh, for the start of the fourth, but he threw a pick almost instantly. Clinton Porter came back in, scored a touchdown, and then Glenn came back in after that for that last drive, and he threw a pick, and that really ended the game. The special teams game that I talked all about last week, favored Toronto this game, uh, Hamilton's Marcus Thigpen, who's been terrific all year, especially most at the start of the year, but he's been great all year, fumbled twice. Hamilton turned the ball over five times in total, but those two on special teams led to points, and Hamilton came out of here with the loss, uh, mostly because of all those turnovers. Toronto will move on to face the other most outstanding player finalist and Anthony Calvillo and the Montreal Alouettes, who look just as strong as they always have, and I really don't like Toronto's chances here. I think they have really need to play a total game, including offense, and I just don't know if they have enough of that to get by the Montreal Alouettes. So that is your CFL story. I'm going to move on to a quick couple pieces in the NBA. Um, in Heat Watch, Miami Heat are now 6-4 and four with uh, two losses this week. They got by Toronto on Saturday to avoid being a 500 team. And this is just, it's really shocking how badly these guys are doing. Ever, anyone who was picking football, not everyone thought they'd be terrific, or like the, the best team, but nobody picked them for a 6-4 and four start in 10 games. But moving from the bad to the good, Minnesota Timberwolves, Kevin Love grabbed a franchise record, 31 rebounds and 31 points. This is the NBA's first 30-30 game in 28 years. Uh, Moses Malone was the last player to do it for Houston in 1982. This is just unbelievable. Uh, I hadn't even never even heard of a 30-30 game, let alone even thought about it. But 31 points and 31 rebounds. I think 12 or 13 were offensive rebounds too. And uh, he led the Minnesota Timberwolves to a 112-103 win over the New York Knicks. But that was just unbelievable. From there, we're going to go on to the good, the bad, and the ugly of the NHL. Start with the good like we do. All-Star Game has completely redone its format for the NHL. And uh, I'll try to... Details are still a bit sketchy on what I read, but I'll try to go through it. 
the players, from what I gather, will pick two captains by, I assume, league vote. And the two captains will then pick the team sort of old, old uh, outdoor rink style, and you're just picking whoever's the best. It'll replace the conference versus conference that's been coming around more recent that we've seen in the last you know long time. It'll be same format like every team. Both well, both teams will have to have you know the set of forwards and six defensemen and three goalies. And all 30 teams will still have to be represented, so that'll all come into place somehow. I don't really know. Um, fans will have a say in the voting process. They'll select the top six players, and the NHL, the NHL's hockey operations staff will round out the player pool by choosing 36 players along with the 12 rookies who will take part in the skills competition and the game. So... What I'm kind of getting is the NHL and fans, respectively, will pick the guy, the players that you, that the captains will have to pick from, and the two captains that were voted on by the players will pick out of those that pool of players. So it's a little interesting. I think it does add a little more interest to this instead of seeing the East and West. Uh, the last time there was an all-star game 2009 there wasn't one last year due to the Olympics but there were a lot of players who didn't want to go and it went as far as Nicholas Lindstrom and Pavel Datsuk of Detroit Red Wings even both being suspended for a game because they elected to skip the all-star game after being selected so I don't think as much as I didn't like that rule at the time I don't want the players skipping the all-star game you know it's supposed to be a fan weekend you want to see the best players there if they can I hope this sparks more interest, not only for players, but fans. You know, all-star games in all sports seem to be getting a little stale, but hopefully this sort of keeps them going a little bit and can sort of bring some interest to this game, uh, something that's been missing a lot in the last few years. Uh, the next good, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have re- or or have signed Jeff Carter to an 11-year contract extension. Another one of these long contracts. This one I don't mind. It wasn't for ridiculous amounts of money. I think it equaled out to just over $5 mil a year. And Jeff Carter is a huge piece for this Philadelphia Flyers puzzle moving forward, and I think that'll help them a lot. So good on Philadelphia for locking that up. Moving on to the bad. We'll start with the Toronto Maple Leafs who started so strong this year, uh, got those first four wins in rapid succession right at the start of the year, and people were thinking they're better than than anyone would have thought. You know, they, Brian Burke finally did it. But not so much. Uh, since those four wins, the Leafs have just plummeted in the East. They are now 5-8-3 and three for 13th in the East. Just they've been really awful the last few weeks. They lost six in a row there, uh, eight of their last nine. So they're just not looking good at all. And to go from bad to worse, the New Jersey Devils are five, ten, and two, fourteenth in the East. And this was supposed to be one of the best teams in the league, and they have just been terrible after all the drama they went through this offseason the giant contract with Ilya Kovalchuk and now the start of the season not even be able to fill the roster 
the New Jersey Devils are just not looking like a strong team. Martin Brodeur hasn't been himself when he's been healthy. And when he's been injured, they haven't really had anyone that can shore up the pipes for them. Ilya Kolchak, the man I mentioned a second ago who had that giant contract that's really seemed to screw everything up there, has only 9 points in 16 games, and he's a minus 8. So, just ugly for the New Jersey Devils, and they have to figure this stuff out fast, or there's going to be some rapid changes. A couple injuries that are bad for their teams this week. Andre Markov, who seems to be made out of glass recently, will be out up to three months with another knee injury. He's only played a few games this season. And that's a huge loss for the Montreal Canadiens. And also, Vinny Le Cavalier will be out a month. About he's having hand surgery on Monday, today, to speed in his recovery process they think the surgery would be better for him so that'll do that in the ugly in the NHL this week Calgary Fra- Flames forward Brett Sutter uh, son of course of GM Darrell and nephew of coach Brent has been charged with a misdemeanor assault this week after punching a cab driver reportedly totally unprovoked he was removed from a Calgary area bar for uh, being a little too drunk and disorderly and when he got into a cab he reportedly just punched the driver for no reason so not good for a rookie who's trying to crack a squad and especially with the Sutter name you know you'll have a lot of media attention on him so that's tough for him another suspension this year and this one goes to Brent Burns uh, was suspended two games for a butt end on Florida's Steve Bernier Now, this was at the end of the game, uh, a little scrum ensued, and Burns threw threw a punch with one hand and just sort of threw his other hand into it, and I guess the butt end was poking out, and he hit Bernier in the face with a butt end. Now, this wasn't, it didn't look bad, and he wasn't trying. It didn't look like there was a lot of intent to injure him, but, you know, that's not what happened. Uh, Steve Bernier has a broken orbital bone and he had surgery this past weekend so it's one of these ones in the NHL where you think do you suspend by intent or by you know effect because you know Bernie is going to miss a lot of time with a broken orbital bone but Brent Burns really wasn't going out there to do anything really too dirty or dangerous so that's always a tough call uh, I thought two games it's hard to say. I thought two games was good for what happened, but at the same time, Bernie is going to miss a lot of time, and I don't know if it's, that's really fair. This one's a little more recently last night in the Edmonton Oilers-New York Ranger game. The Oilers lost 8-2 to in this game, but lots of controversy in this game. No surprise surrounding Sean Avery. Uh, early in the 33rd, uh, Sean Avery puts a big hit on... Oilers forward Colin Frazier. A uh, clean hit along the boards, nothing wrong with it. And Ladislav Smeed of the Oilers came over and sort of tried to challenge Avery to a fight, which at first Avery declined, and they just sort of stood there for a second, and as soon as Smeed sort of turned his head, Avery dropped his gloves and sucker punched Smeed. One punched him onto the ground. So Avery's being led off during a commercial break, taking to the dressing room. 
and Theo Peckham, defenseman for the Oilers, jumped the bench and went after Avery. And this, of course, started a huge melee. Uh, the referees took Avery straight off, and they were, everyone else on the ice sort of paired up. And this was all during a commercial break. So it's just another blemish on the NHL this year. Not to mention it happened at the New York Rangers Kid Day. So just another thing that is not going to be good for publicity-wise. I don't, you never know, it's Avery, you know, every week he seems to be doing something else that causes attention. Uh, he had been pretty good this year, but here it is, just something else big, and something, I don't know what you do to figure this guy out. Um, suspending him clearly hasn't worked over the years, and he just continues to get into trouble, so it's hard to try to figure out what you should do to stop Avery from doing some of this stuff. And at the same time, you can't have guys jumping off the bench to fight Avery. So, you know, you'll expect a huge suspension for both Avery and uh, Theo Peckham here. And uh, just another ugly incident. Not so much the good, bad, and the ugly, because I'm not really sure where this fits in, but the last NHL story I really have, uh, not even NHL, more international hockey, Quebec has been given the go-ahead to assemble its own team for an international tournament where it will host at least three countries' national squads. Hockey Canada gave Quebec permission to enter a Team Quebec that will host France, Italy, and Switzerland in the proposed Quebec Cup next August. That will take place in Quebec. It's kind of interesting. They are expecting NHLers to suit up, but it's hard to say. I haven't really decided if I think this is good or not. Uh, A Quebec team will clearly be great. Some of the best players ever have come out of Quebec. Mario Lemieux, Padrois, you know, there's a bunch. And I look at it as either you're going to have two really strong Canadian teams, which is a great possibility, or are you just diluting it and you're going to have two average Canadian teams? Um, I think that would be the issue for most people. I don't think that'll be a problem. I think, you know, two Canadian teams will do well. A Quebec, there's... enough French players that that'll make that a good team and you know Canada has enough good hockey players that I think they'll be able to make another separate team so it'll be interesting to see how this all turns out and you know if in 5-10 years this spreads to the World Juniors or the Olympics and we'll have a Team Quebec and a Team Canada something to watch for Enough NHL, though. I'll move on to the headlines in the NFL this week. Lots going on in the NFL this week. Lots of interesting, uh, lots of interesting games. Lots of fun games. We'll start with the Buffalo Bills, who have finally gotten their first win. Uh, They beat the Detroit Lions 14-12. Not only was this the first win for Buffalo, but Detroit sets an NFL record with 25 straight road losses. What do you say about that? That's just ridiculous how a team could lose 25 straight games on the road. They did lose. You know, they had that 0-4 season and just haven't been able to do anything. They haven't really improved that team too much. I think they have two wins this year. Detroit just really has to figure out a solution to this team. And they have to start winning games. 
on the Buffalo Bills side, it's nice to see them get their first win. Uh, you know, they won't get too many, but at least they're not going to go 0-4, and we're out of that drama every week as well. In Randy Moss's debut, Miami got by Tennessee 29-17, and uh, Moss was not really a factor. He made one catch. The more interesting story in this game ended up being Miami's quarterbacks. They decided to start Chad Pennington for the first time this season. And on his first snap, he was hurt. So Chad Henney came back in where he was expected to play. He played relatively well until he got hurt. And Miami ended up putting in third-string quarterback Tyler Thigpen, who finished the game off and led them to a victory over the Tennessee Titans. This Titans team is one that really seems to go back and forth. One week they'll look like a great team, and the next week they're losing to a team that really shouldn't have anything in there with them. We knew Miami had a good defense. They got them by Tennessee. This was also their first home win of the year. So good for Miami. They keep pace in that division, looking for a chance to hopefully get a wild card or even a playoff spot there. So keep tabs on that. Um, the Dallas Cowboys started their new era after Wade Phillips was fired last week, and uh, Jason Garrett took over the reins, and the Cowboys beat the Giants 33-20. A real shocker here. The Cowboys who have just been miserable this year, and the Giants who have been quietly one of the better teams in the NFL, but they fall here. And the Cowboys really look like a strong team here. Uh, Des Bryant had a real nice touchdown in the first quarter. And the Cowboys really were never in a position to lose this game. They played well all the way through, and they got the win. Uh, the last story I want to talk about is Brett Favre, Brad Childress, and the Minnesota Vikings. They lose again 27-13 to the Chicago Bears, and they fall to 3-6. and six. And I think Brad Childress, well, Brad Childress and maybe Brett Favre, but Brad Childress first. His days in Minnesota are definitely ticking. I wouldn't be surprised to see him going this week. There was reports this week that a, there were multiple Viking players that told media they that they hated Brad Childress and they hated playing for him, and they were only playing for each other. So, you know, not necessarily a vote of confidence there, and you really have to be worried about Childress's job. My last story of the week, just quickly. Jonathan Duhamel became the first Canadian to win the World Series of Poker, uh, capturing $8.9 million. That's got to be a good gig for a day. Uh, the huge Montreal Canadiens fan was asked if he would be able to get Canadian season tickets now, and he said that would be one of the first things on his list. But... Just a nice, inch, nice, cool story. Good for a Canadian to finally win the World Series of Poker. Exciting. I'll put up the YouTube video on the page. It was an exciting final table, and it was really interesting. So that's about it for this week. Uh, the Monday nighter this week is Philadelphia, Washington. Mike Vick, Donovan McNabb, maybe. Uh, d you don't know if Donovan McNabb's going to start after last week. Uh, he got pulled in the fourth quarter there for the two-minute drill. So it'll be interesting to see who they st who Washington starts. McNabb did get the win the last time these two teams met in his comeback to Philadelphia. So the problem was Philadelphia didn't have Michael Vick there, and you know Michael Vick will make a huge difference in this game. I uh, take Philadelphia in this game. But that's it for the week. Uh, thanks for listening. 
Don't forget to uh, follow me on Twitter, Oilcan10. Uh, Facebook, it's a totally random sports show. Join the page. And uh, if you have any feedback to any of the stories or anything else you'd like to hear in the next couple weeks, toss them on either of there, send me an email, whatever works. But uh, thanks for listening, guys, and have a good week. Bye.